I actually just listened to the uh, Tooth and Nail podcast that you guys were on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. With um, yeah, we all talked about the old crap. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. It's kind of funny listening to it because I was like, all this shit's on the DVD. Yeah, <laughs> all of like, it is. The only thing that um was somewhat cool about it is like now that none of us like hate each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can have, <laughs> it was kind yeah. of nice to have like a different dynamic, like have, actually having Jesse on with us. Right. Actually what it did do is possibly p- prompt us. Cause we've talked about doing a Zayo podcast for a while, just for fun. Yeah. But we might, what we might do is, um, do a like record commentary podcast Okay. to where like, you know, we'd put like Liberate, it'd be playing behind us. And then we would like talk about all the funny stuff or like technical stuff or songwriting stuff, like everything that like pops into our heads from the songs we're listening to. Um, kind of like have everybody that was on the record talk about doing the record while it's playing. So, like, yeah, be cool. Yeah. Cause I'd like even Russ was mad because he's like dude brett said he wrote lies of serpents without me that's totally bullshit yeah (laughs) well yeah and it's like asking it's asking about something that happened so long ago but at the same time it's like you know you remember that shit like i remember you know i remember the first band i was in and if somebody just threw something like oh yeah you know we wrote the whole song by ourselves and you know in a basement in 10 minutes i'd be like that's Dude, that's horseshit. I was there the whole time. It took us three days. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part was when he said I, he couldn't remember if he was in the band in 97, 98, or 99. Yeah. And I I wanted to be like, Liberate came out at the very beginning of 99, dude. Right. <laughs> like, What's well, that stuff's all been done so much before, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure you get really tired of hearing all the same fucking questions did you guys really break up on stage yeah there's a just, video on it's, youtube it's, um it's still relevant today <laughs> yeah it's three and a half hours long have fun right right yeah it's just but. it's just stupid but yeah um that's why we kind of just do what we do and we're like hey let's talk about this band it'll be cool it doesn't have to be weird yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> all right guys tonight on three tired guys this one activates the pit yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that actually might be my intro here. There you go. Uh, what is that playing? Oh, that's our theme music. Oh, nice. I'm surprised you can like, hear it. I've heard sometimes people said they hear it like a faint sound in the background, but yeah, I can hear it pretty, pretty good. All right, I'm gonna take a deep breath and just see what I can, what I can do here. You got this. And if you've taken the night off from reassembling household appliances, then you are ready for this episode of discography discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, this is Scott Mellinger of Zayo. Scott's back, Dan. How do you feel about that? I feel really tired, but excited all at the same time. (laughs) Yes, agreed. Well, welcome back, Scott. Uh, My pleasure. We're not going to keep you for three and a half, four hours like we did last time. That was our fanboy fanboy out (laughs) episode. That was fun, though. I had fun. I'm glad. Glad to have done it. It was a ton of fun. Um, Jeff apologizes for not being here tonight, but his wife was sick, so he, uh, we didn't have time to, uh, you know, I wasn't going to be like, hey, man, I know we've rescheduled this like 12 times, but hey, 13's a charm. Better do it, dude, or you're out. Right, you're out of the circle. We're never <laughs> responding to your messages again. Yeah. So who are we talking about tonight, Dan? We're talking about Carcass. Carcass is finally happening on Discography Discussion? It is. 
with Scott Mellinger. Yeah, we actually had this planned. Um, well, actually, it's funny because I originally texted Travis because we hadn't had Travis on in a while. And I yeah, was he like, told me what you guys might be doing. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's, be like an like an a week long discussion though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually texting him earlier today too about that. He's like, he's like, if you guys would have had me on there, it would have been like, I liked half of Heartwork once. Podcast over. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, that's a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> I, I make no joke about that. I started off listening to like Christian music, and mm-hmm. so people are always like, you know, what do you what do you do in listening to a band like Carcass and um, you know, the asshole response is always, I do whatever the hell I want. But uh, <laughs> it, it originally started with, you know, I was really, you know, into Zayo. And I remember every time I would read a review for a Zayo CD, they always said that Dan's vocals sounded like Jeff Walker of Carcass. Mm-hmm. Purposely. And, <laughs> right, right. And so I was like, well what's this all about you know there, there's another band that sounds awesome like this and so i started checking out carcass and uh luckily for me the first couple of records i listened to were uh necrotism and heartwork which was a really good place to start with the band if yeah. i had picked the wrong album we wouldn't be having this conversation you know like it no. was no um <laughs> it was rough and it's funny too because whenever i listened to it i was like well i mean yeah you know him and dan both have a high-pitched you know growly raspy vocal but they don't sound alike (laughs) yeah yeah i i think dan definitely was inspired by it but dan kind of created his own thing but it's cool too because like a lot of the like because dan was kind of inspired by bands that were playing around our area at the time and a lot of the like everybody was listening to carcass i was listening to carcass like even before i joined zeo so because it was what, like, what Heartwork was like 91 or 92? 93. 93, yeah. 93, okay. So, yeah, 93, I was like doing uh, the other band that like ever got heard in my career or whatever. Is that Creation is Crucifixion? Yeah, we were okay. doing it. And all of us like loved Heartwork. We actually covered or tried to cover Embodiment, I think, was a song. <laughs> okay, that's a cool song. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good. I, but that, yeah, heart work is a full record. It's just awesome. But we're not even close to that one yet. So go ahead. Yeah. So uh, we. So they they started off. I think it. What was it, Joe? In nineteen eighty nine, um, it was Rika Putrefaction. Nineteen eighty eight. Depending it, on what you look at. Is it Putrefaction or Putrefication? Because I've I've said it both ways, but it looks like it's spelled Putrefaction. That's okay. the way I always read it. Yeah, I mean it doesn't matter. It's a pile of shit either way. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't do that record. <laughs> it's uh, you know, and it's weird too because I was telling Jeff and Joe this all week that like, I want so badly to like an album where the so- opening song is called Genital Grinder. Yeah, you know, like I feel <laughs> I'm like right there with you. Yeah, I feel like that's an album that I should love. You know. I mean, and mm-hmm. it's really cool for, like, if you don't know somebody that well. Like, let's say you're going on, like, a work trip or something, and you just really want to freak somebody out, you know? And you're like, you're like, hey, you want to put some tunes on? Yeah, man, what do you listen to? Oh, I listen to, like, classic metal. I listen to 80s metal because, you know, 1988. And mm-hmm. so you, uh, you pop this fucker in, and <laughs> you just let it go for, like, 10 minutes. You don't say anything to the person that's in the car. <laughs> you just yeah. gotta look over at them and just the, whatever reaction they have it's like 
pure gold and that's that's really like the most experience i have with this record and that like i used to pop it in just to kind of see what people would say before we get too far into what people are going to say about this pile of shit, I'm going to take some time <laughs> oh to say God. thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything discography discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Uh, we like five-star reviews on Discography Discussion, but if you don't feel like we deserve five stars, that's okay, too. Just leave us a review. Um, we want to hear from you guys. If there's something that we're really sucking at, you definitely let us know uh, privately, preferably. But, you know, if you had to do it publicly, then you just do it, man. Um, but uh, we're also uh, – you can also leave us reviews directly on our Facebook page at uh, Facebook slash Discuss Metal. Um, Discography and, discussion on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> um, and uh, another thing that we're doing right now uh, to kind of try to, you know, pay our podcast bills, so to speak, is uh, whenever we talk about a band's discography, usually what, we, what we're doing now is as part of the Amazon.com affiliate links program, we are actually providing specialized links from us for you to purchase these albums on Amazon.com. If you buy an album, uh, we get like a little bit of money from that. And it really helps us out. So if you're if, if you're planning on buying the record anyway, just click on one of those links and uh, help us out a little bit. It's just icing on the cake. And now Scott is going to tell us all about the well-intentioned virus again. Oh, no, he did that already. <laughs> How about Pyrrhic Victory, man? Oh, Pyrrhic Victory. Mm. Well, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> buy it. Buy all of it. Buy yeah. it. Buy yeah. it now. Go buy it because if you buy it, I can actually feed my family. Yeah, you guys can't see him on video right now, but I mean, he's like, I mean, that cardboard box does not look big. It's so, I yeah. mean, in, in the winter, it's doing, ha like, wreaking havoc to it. Yeah, like, it's, that's rough. Is that why your dryer exploded, Scott? You were trying to heat the house? You <laughs> <laughs> were trying to heat open. the yeah. cardboard box, and it just didn't work. <laughs> 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 but uh no dude uh i i pure victory is fucking great uh by the Thank way you. i got that um i got i mean i had it pre-ordered and all that shit i'm not gonna lie and be like yeah i just happened to hear it um <laughs> no i got the i got the red vinyl and um, yeah i love the red i love it actually like every variation we did like the smoke one and the red one are two of my favorites that we've done well and as much of a vinyl junkie as i pretend like i am i'm a total dipshit when it comes to picking the right speed to play the records on so, oh, like, wow. I've still got it set at, like, 33. <laughs> and so I put that fucker on, and I was like, when the hell did Zayo go doom metal? You know, I was like, what the hell is going on here? So then I kick it up to 45. And it's like, Bear! and I was like, oh, shit, it's this chipmunk Zayo. Oh, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I went all the way down to the right speed. I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're good. <laughs> no, that was really cool, man. I, you know, I liked, I thought it was a really, <laughs> I thought it was a really good length. And... <laughs> <laughs> you know, just really, really punchy in your face. If you guys haven't checked this uh, EP out, definitely check it out. Um, it's a really good, I, I, as far as I know, a really good preview of things to come. And uh, Zayo is not slowing down anytime nope. soon. No, actually, we already, drums are being edited as we speak for the next 
batch of things we're doing so yeah always always good news i feel like we're in on the joke now yeah (laughs) yeah he's like dude we've been done with this shit for years (laughs) you know you know that you know that eight nine years we were quote unquote gone yeah we we actually released we 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 recorded seven albums in that time period dude it feels like i mean we just don't I think what happened, but there's just such a backlog because <laughs> we took all that time off. So right. I don't want to act like I'm Mr. Cool writing songs all the time, but we have a good backlog backlog of songs, and um, and yeah, now we're we're gearing up for the next stuff. Probably new full lengths would pro- more than likely be 2019. Sounds so. good to me. We'll be all and over I think that. I, if you're a vinyl dude, I think there's some some happenings going on in the vinyl world for us too. So we're excited. I recently found out about the vinyl release of Funeral of God. Yeah, we're trying to work all that stuff out. We're still kind of in the process of getting everything solidified, but it looks like we're going to be able to do that. And then our biggest hope is to be able to finally put Fear on vinyl, which is where it was supposed to be in the first place. So. Yeah, it's gonna, bravo. It's going to be great. I'm yep, just excited yeah, for that excited. Steve Peck vinyl that I get to buy. Yeah, he's such a <laughs> such a big fan. Uh, I, I know, right? I feel like we we went over this already we once. We did. We did. Well, it's, I'm just trying to avoid talking about Reek of Putrefaction. Um, <laughs> All right, Dan, tell me about Carcass. And Recapuctrefaction, let's get that out of the way as well. All right, well, I'm not going to read like a Wikipedia page, but Carcass started off as like a grindcore um, death metal kind of band. And I'm going to say grindcore because, like, to me, grindcore is just napalm death. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't really listen to a whole lot of other grindcore. Like, I listen to shit like Pig Destroyer and stuff, but it's not really quite the same thing. But, mm-hmm. um, but for some reason, like, Napalm Death did it for me, and Carcass didn't. Um, and it not, could just, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Stuff. It's not like Scum by Napalm Death is a masterpiece, but, like, I don't know. They, like that that record had a lot of like punk energy. Mm-hmm. This just sounds like a bunch of dudes in a fucking garbage can <laughs> like playing like as fast as they can. Like it's literally like whoever gets to the end of the song first wins. And the vocals are just like, "Hey guys, I bought this really neat pedal that like I can run my voice through." <laughs> And, you know, it sounds really sick and stuff, right? Like, let's record this. Let's do, like, an hour of just this. And, like, I think it's going to be really good. 20 songs and 40 minutes later. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of that record honestly sounds like it's a, there's a playing a joke on you. Right, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like, holy shit. Like, it's not even, it's not even funny. Like, when... When Napalm Death did the You Suffer song, it was like, Yo, Suffer! That's the whole song. Like, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah it you know, was funny, it's yeah. like, oh, it's a one second long. That's f- they're making fun of themselves, you know. But then, like, this is just like, I can't tell if they're fucking with me or if they're, like, dead serious. And I can't help but feel like with the rest of their records in consideration that, like, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I, I think, like, half the band was serious, but the rest of them were just like, I didn't have anything to do this Thursday, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the vocals sound like asshole, and I know a lot of that's intentional, and it's weird because there are an uncomfortable amount of people in the world that think that this is the best carcass. Yeah, I know. Actually, the, one of my good buddies is a big early carcass guy, um, 
yeah this this one's just i i mean i'm i'm game i'm game for anything this i just this this is definitely not for me they're definitely guilty on this record and the next of the inhaled guttural vocal sin <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is yeah it's a funny noise that you made with your throat but you're not saying anything and no matter how many lyrics you put on paper you're not saying anything the, they are actually saying things i don't know about on putrefaction but on symphonies of sickness there are actual like you can if you have a lot of time and patience <laughs> and like literally nothing better to do you can sit down with the lyrics and go <laughs> through them kind of map them out a little bit yeah i mean i don't know why you would i've got heart work i don't have to do that yeah so we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna move into into symphonies if that's cool oh, with you guys. i was so yeah. hoping you would say that <laughs> Symphonies of Sickness, 1989. Yeah, so it's a year later. <laughs> and um, this is interesting, actually, to me. This record sounds like Reek of Putrefaction, except every five songs, they just grouped them together and, like, this is the song. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, really, the best part of this record, to me is the guitar solos. Yeah. You mean there's actually guitar solos? There's really good guitar solos <laughs> yeah, in this record. Yeah, there's really good ones. And they have names. Like, if you read if you read through the lyric book, again, I don't know why you would, but if you did, you would see that all of the solos have, like, this, like, have these weird names of, like, it was, like, cacophonous degradation of, the, you know, like, it was just weird, weird shit that they threw in there. And it's weird, too, because the production quality on this record, like, this sounds like a legit record, mm -hmm. but it's still the same band that recorded Reek of Putrefaction yeah. <laughs> playing on it. So it's like, what the fuck is this? And, dude, they just, I mean, their their song titles are just so f awesome. Vomit, <laughs> so, vomited like anal track. Like, you want to like yeah. the record so much because of those song titles. Right. Well, it's kind of like with Cannibal Corpse. Like, that's, like, the most enjoyable thing about that band, right, is the song titles, you know? And it's one of those weird, like, with Carcass, it's like the song titles are cool, but, like, they, it's like they take it too far. Like, if you, re if you again, if you read the lyrics, it's very, like, all, like, medical terminology of, like, mm -hmm. I'm cutting open this body and here's all the scientific names of the organs that I'm, you know, taking out and eating or fucking or whatever, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's weird. And then, you know, you, if you know anything about carcass, you know that the lead singer, Jeff Walker, diehard vegan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you're like, are they trying to make some kind of social commentary on like the like like that what he, they're talking about in the songs is like no different than us going to Hardee's, you know? It, it, I don't think he's ever said that, but maybe that's the plan all along. Possible. Definitely. Kind of like yeah, like <laughs> Tom Araya being Catholic and and a Slayer. Like the plan all along was to not be satan worshipers I'm, right I'm, I'm having icp flashbacks dan right you it's know just, what i mean right right yeah <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah right so it, yeah it's just one of those weird things where it's like i don't know what to make of these two records 
Like, I know they exist, and I feel like I had to buy them because I had all the other Carcass records. You know, it's like that Mm -hmm. conundrum of, do I actually spend real money on this? And never, ever listen to it. Never listen to it. Unless, (laughs) unless like, 10 years later, you're going to do a podcast where you've created this set of rules that forces you to listen to shit that you really don't want to listen to. Yeah, I, I, I didn't go down that road. I just bought the ones that i knew i'd listen to <laughs> well you know. I, I feel your pain sometimes <laughs> well it's that whole collectability thing you know i collect mm-hmm. i you know for, when i was younger i collected yeah i collected music when i was younger but i couldn't collected mostly like video games and um yeah cool i do i still do that sometimes with this crap but yeah i just actually found an snes classic edition uh those a, are kind of tough to come by right now at a best buy tonight i found wow. it wow I went in to get something else, and then I saw it, and I was like, well, I guess I have to get it, because I'm not going to ever see it again. <laughs> and uh, that's what they want me to think. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I picked that thing up. I'll be uh, going to town on that later tonight, which, and by going to town, I mean I'm going to get, like, two levels into Super Mario World and then fall mm-hmm. asleep fall on the asleep. couch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how I party. So <laughs> we uh, – but, no, yeah, so, like, the collectability is, is why I have these records, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and I remember like being kind of pumped up for it because I think the first record I heard by them it was either Heartwork or it was Necrotism, and I liked both of those records. Yeah, the Necrotism definitely the next one is way more like real down music. my alley. Yeah, yeah, like way a lot, way way better to me. But Symphonies is longer, I think, than uh, Reek is, and like it's a little bit better. Like I mean, I know I'm shitting on it a lot, but like it is a little bit musically better to my ears, mm-hmm. you know, than Rika Putrefaction, which was like a little bit more punk, like grindcore, I guess. And symphonies, it almost seemed like they were trying to play like more of a death metal, like a little bit more structured sound and obviously had a better studio. I'll give them this credit. They learned how to mix in stereo. Yep. Well, the big thing, and this is one of my favorite things about Carcass is Colin Richardson was the guy that mix those records or that the next one because I, I don't know who did reek but symphonies of sickness was like the beginning of the colin richardson carcass era which that that dude is just oh my gosh if i don't even know i remember when we when zeo first started um i mean we were pretty happy and and we were going to a, a guy named barry pointer and we didn't really want to not go to him but like Colin richardson would be one that i would have loved to work with because dude the, like even like later on, I mean, he did some of the the better Machine Head records and yeah. stuff, like not the Burning Red, like earlier, right? <laughs> earlier Machine Head. <laughs> oh um, man, don't listen to our Machine Head episode. No, we haven't done that one yeah. yet. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Colin Richardson definitely like I I loved his especially. I mean, we'll get to how good he got, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. So these records are like, I mean, if this is your bag, great. But like, I I can't um. I can't in good conscience like recommend them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, totally click on our affiliate link and buy it, so we get the money. But yeah, besides that, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't like give them a huge thumbs up. So um, unless you have something else to say about it, Joe, I think we need to just jump right into necrotism. I think if I had a choice between listening to this and rewatching all the Hellraiser movies, I would just keep watching Hellraiser. All right, fair enough. That's that's just me. Random, but I like it. <laughs> I feel like I'm listening to Hellraiser when I listen to these. It just sounds like you think this, this is what Pinhead listens to, Symphony of Sickness. <laughs> uh, it could be. It could be. 
He's so yeah. monotone, though. I always kind of figured he'd listen to like the a lot of the Cure, you know, um, <laughs> just very like drab, <laughs> you know, depressing music. <laughs> I feel like he'd be more of like a psychopath killer, like a Jason Voorhees or something, if he listened to nothing but old Carcass. Well, remember, dude, it's not hands that call us; it's desire, right? And I believe that we are all trying really hard not to just move on to the next record. All right, all right, all right. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. We're like known for these like three hour podcasts, and I'm just like, yeah, these all are. All right, so necrotism. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it's it really, it, it doesn't really start, in my opinion, until that one. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I like the way this record starts off. I mean, you, you're already kind of out of that weirdness that you had on the first two records and necrotism kind of comes out of the gate it's got all these it's got all these weird sound clips which i i'm a huge sucker for that um mm-hmm. and just talking about like dead bodies and stuff which you know grant granted that's that's carcass you know and yeah. uh, like dead bodies and just all these weird like autopsy reports and stuff and then it kicks into because i think the first song is called uh impropagate is that or is it propagate in propagation. Okay. There you go. Yep. Um, as soon as you hear that that opening, oh, that opening guitar and just the drums kicking in, like, and then Jeff Walker starts singing, and it's just him. Yeah, without all the stupid effects and crap. It yep. sounds and it sounds cool. Like, yeah, dude, you know, like where the hell was that on the other two records? I mean, it was in there, but it was buried under a pile of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he's still spouting like nonsense. I mean, I can't. It's not that I can't understand extreme vocals, but the stuff that he's saying, the words are so complicated and unfamiliar to me that I, it's really hard um, to really get into. But th- like this record was like there were actually like melodies being played. It wasn't as melodic as it would get on the next mm. record, but it was it was definitely different. And I remember thinking like, okay. This is a band that I could actually like listen to and enjoy and not have to like have any weird reservations for. Yeah, this is a this record would be if would be something that I would definitely offer to people and not feel bad about it at all. Right. You're like, here guys, you should buy this, you'll totally be into it. Cause you gotta think if you're selling like Reek of Putrefaction to somebody at a show, like cause I, I guarantee they probably sounded better live than they did on that record. Yeah, they had to. <laughs> you have to, right? Yeah. And uh, so then, you know, you give them this record, you know, like, here, you check this out, take it home, listen to it, make sure all your family members are around. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like, yeah, you, you give that to somebody, and you think half the people you sold this record to are going to throw it in the trash. Or, as soon as yeah, they, demand their money back, probably. Right. But mm. necrotism is, you know, <laughs> it's not like that, man. Nope, uh, <laughs> nope, no, it's good, man. I actually own that one. Yeah, that one, that one's really good. Um, I actually have coming in the mail. It's like the earaches doing all these reissues where they're doing like the full dynamic range editions. Oh, okay, and, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so I've already got the Heartwork one, and uh, the Necrotism one's coming, but it's uh, it's like shipping from like UK or something. But okay, but yeah, it, that that. I've noticed that these full dynamic range releases sound really good to the point where like, cause if you, if you listen to like, if you're listening on uh, like Apple music or Spotify or something, usually mm-hmm. it gives you the option to listen to the, you know, the quote original version okay, versus the full dynamic range. 
and there is a noticeable difference because like there's a lot of like really weird fake loudness on the standard editions okay and you're kind of like man you know i guess this sounds really cool if you're like blasting it in the car but like if you're sitting at your house or whatever you would have to like get up and constantly adjust the knobs on your stereo you know every time a song came on and with the full dynamic range it, it kind of takes that away you know oh that's cool yeah I, it's really yeah, I, nice. I don't think i've listened to one of those yeah they're pretty cool they're they're doing a whole lot of like they did uh they did recently um entombed they did uh like left hand path and uh clandestine like they did both of those records um which i don't know if you're an entombed or not but uh oh i love yeah the shit's way better than this um <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not saying it to shit on Carcass because like this, this necrotism is a record that I definitely took seriously mm-hmm. and you didn't have a problem with it. I mean, the lyrics were still kind of like, okay, we get it. You know, like you guys are, you guys are either really fucked up or you're trying to make some kind of weird statement about like how we shouldn't eat meat. And, um, but they didn't really spell that out, you know, like, like earth crisis did, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, Actually, I, now that I'm just being dumb and looking around, it looks like it does look like um, Jeff Walker was like in this weird hunt saboteur thing. Yeah, I it read like, that. Yeah, yeah, like where he it was a direct thing to get to, like for animal rights and and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, we're like sitting here talking about <laughs> oh, they're probably yeah, and they did. Okay, that's even that's cooler. I wonder what that looks like on the day to day, right? Like, are you like let's say you're out like bow hunting or something right and you're like you're like lining up your shot and everything's going really well and then before you know it like jeff walker from carcass just just jumps out and like throws your bow (laughs) on the ground tells you to go fuck yourself and walks off you know like (laughs) i think we know how to get an interview yeah yeah if we can ever get jeff walker on the show he can uh he can go into what the day-to-day of being a hunt saboteur Uh really is I was going to say we should just go hunting and wait for him to show up. Go hunting, wait for him to show up. <laughs> hey, while you're here. That would be, it would be amazing if that was like his superpower. Why? Well, I, I mean, I guess his vocals are superpower. They are. He could just kind of like him and Ricky Gervais could both come and stop you from killing poor defenseless animals. Right. <laughs> That's so funny to, to the think theme about. of Ultraman. But uh, yeah, to the theme of necrotism. Uh, but yeah, I really liked this one. I liked the song uh, "Corporal Jigsaw Quandary." Yeah, I just said that out loud. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm surprised you're able to freaking say the names. Yeah, he's holding it together. I'm trying to. Uh, this is just this is a great record, and I wish there was more I could say about it because it's really good. But it's also kind of remembered by me as the album that wasn't heartwork. I know it's such a ki- like that record just. It's so good. It like really does pummel everything else. But but yeah, I'm I'm still with you here. It's just it's fantastic, and I uh, I, I definitely don't have any issues with necrotism, discanting nope. the insalubrious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you tried that one. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. If I if it's really 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 bad, Joe can just make it to where I never said it. Uh, <laughs> so. Scott Mellinger. Tell me about Heartwork. Well, Heartwork for me was legitimately probably my, like the first real death metal record that I couldn't get enough of. Um, Cause I mean, I like, I would, I dabbled in a bunch of st- stuff like, and 
Heartwork came out and it was everything. It was just everything I wanted in that kind of music. Like it was clear, you could understand it. It was so heavy and the vocals were so, everything was just so catchy, like weirdly catchy. Um, but like, it was like this record and Morbid Angel's uh, Domination that I think I could like literally ruined CDs, these both of these records. Um, but yeah, Heartwork legitimately, Zaya would not exist without Carcass Heartwork, I don't think. I know for me, this is the start of the band that I know. Yep. Yeah. I hadn't heard yeah. Necrotism until recently, and I definitely hadn't listened to the first two records in a long time. And prepping up for this podcast, I remembered why. They're just not good. Yeah. I have a hard time saying nice things about Grindcore other than it's good Grindcore or it's bad Grindcore. If you asked me what a good Grindcore is, I would say pretty much not Ganglia. But then we get to this. This is death metal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everything up till this point was, all right, guys, we need to do this for real, or if there was just a change in the attitude, but this is as good as any heavy metal record in the early 90s. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this record, to me, should be like in the same... Like, if you're going to talk, like, legendary metal records, like, you can put this up there with Master of Puppets and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean... Because it, it really was the first death metal record to open that style of music to like a bigger audience, I think. Um, I don't think, yeah, everything that's going on today, I don't think would happen without Heartwork. It just wouldn't. No, and I hear a lot of influence from Heartwork on like the European metal scene. Oh, yeah. Because this was like right before that we had like that, that like Scandinavian death metal explosion. Mm-hmm. You know, you started getting stuff like Entombed and Carnage and, you know. Um, well, yeah, I would argue. I mean, I love Entombed, but I don't think, like, you get some of those incredible Entombed records without this stuff, you know. No, like, what, Wolverine all. Blues, when did that come out? It was after the after Heartwork, It was after it? Heartwork, yeah. I think. Yeah, so, I, I want to say I mean, it was, like, right after, though. Like, was, I think Wolverine Blues was, like, 94 Maybe. Same year. Yep. Oh, well, same Blues year. came out in October. Okay. Well, it was almost like Carcass was like, look, you can be a death metal band and still write catchy tunes. And like then Entombed was just like, okay, we're just going to do that and we're going to do it awesome too. <laughs> so. And then they ended up having a little bit more illustrious of a career. Um, yeah. But yeah, hard, hard work like, can't be denied because like the thing that struck me about it was that it was just so melodic when it didn't have to be like at, at, mm. at a time when nobody was expecting to hear super melodic i mean almost emotional like guitar solos and stuff like you didn't yeah you didn't really get that like there there's a good there's a solo in uh Car- the song carnal forge that like makes the hair stand up on my arms you know like it's so it's the first solo and mm-hmm. it's it's just so like like it's almost like almost like has a cheesy 80s metal sheen to it but it's still death metal and so it still feels relevant to me even all these years later when i listen to it i'm like this is some seriously aggressive shit oh yeah but it makes me feel good while i'm listening to it you know Mm -hmm. that's not why you listen to a band like carcass but that's here it is yeah like yeah it dude well i mean i've always felt too like the way i play is really 
like seeing a band like Carcass with like with Bill Steer and 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 Amat. I mean, they had so much like bluesiness to their solos. Like they weren't just like straight like sweepy noodley guys. They were like like note selectors too you know what i mean like because you have a lot of guys that are just so fast that you can't even it's cool whatever it's fast and it's boring after like a bar because it's the same thing but like i've always been way more attuned to like a little more bluesier play like where you have some of that speed but you also like you're talking about have some emotion and like the notes you bend and stuff and and those guys were so good at it yeah well you can sweet pick all day long with this style of music and everybody will think you're amazing but then mm-hmm. you know i know when i'm writing a solo it's always approached from a jazz perspective where mm-hmm. okay I'm, I'm not gonna play a sweet pick and call it a technique it's a skill it's a trick it's a certain sound that i might employ but i'm gonna start building the solo around the emotion and yeah, actually well, dude, that's like we i've had arguments with people about not but like my whole thing with like people that can play really fast and do all the sweet picking is just it's unbelievable and it's it's great for them but it really is a skill once you know how to do it you can do it absolutely it's a lot it's a lot harder to write a good solo and if you can add those like you're saying add like the little tricks of the trade of like the sweeps which is what those guys can do but then they write like you're almost writing a whole vocal pattern. So it's that to me is where your talent comes in. When you're like a solo is actually written well and, and hard work, like every solo on every song is just awesome. I actually had a fun time this week. I was between listens. I would be, it'd be heart work and then painkiller by Judas priest. And I just kept going back and forth for the past three days. Cause I had already listened to all the records Mm -hmm. That was an interesting combination to come back to and completely polar opposite in the vocal structure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Painkiller. Oh, that song. That we actually, if we do a cover record, I think Jeff was talking about trying to cover Painkiller. Who's going to sing on that? I don't know. (laughs) That's every time we talk about doing a cover record, because like I want to do like Pink Floyd songs and weird stuff. And, um, but we always got to figure out how we can pull that off if it works. There's right. like a yes song we want to do that might actually be unbelievable if we could pull it off. But who knows? Right? <laughs> is it Heart of the Sunrise? Which one is it? Actually, <laughs> I thought I had him, and he was like, "You fucker." Yeah. <laughs> is it? I think it. How does Heart of the Sunrise go? That's the, the last that's song like, on the roundabout record. Yep, that's Heart of the Sunrise. The very last track on the roundabout. Oh record. my gosh, I can't believe I forget the song title. <laughs> I'm <laughs> getting that. What the heck? We're all tired. Yeah, it is Heart of the Sunrise. That is the one we were going to cover. Yes. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of good guessing this week. I think uh, that means I need a copy of it before anyone else, Scott. I can do it. I'll do it. I think we're starting to freak people out a little bit because uh, earlier this week I posted a clip on facebook i was just shopping for vinyl and i like to pull up youtube and listen to records you know while i'm doing that just to get an idea and i was listening to the damn the machine record i don't know if you've heard damn the machine uh or not scott but it was a uh it was a project (laughs) by uh chris poland and uh oh yeah i know what you're talking about i just i just posted it on facebook just randomly like hey i like this record you guys should check it out too 
So I get a text from Trav like today at like noon and he goes, You've got to be fucking kidding me. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> he goes, he goes, Do you know who I'm you know who I'm scheduled to talk to tonight? And I was like, No. <laughs> and he was like and I was like, Is it Chris Poland? And he's like, Yes. <laughs> and I was like, yep. I don't yep, know, dude. Crazy. I don't know, man. That like that's just some crazy coincidence. <laughs> like I had no idea. That's a preview for the As the Story Grows podcast that Travis didn't pay for. Right. Yeah, so check that guy. Check that out, guys, when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, no, dude, he's so excited about that. I'm happy for him. Yeah, it was so funny because he's like, you know who I'm talking to tonight? And I was like, well, it better not be Scott because he's talking to us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, no, I'm going to just, I'm going to 8,000 up you. It's freaking a real dude that was in a real band. <laughs> I know, right? Like, it's like, holy shit. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, he, um, it's so funny. The last couple of bands, like, is, like, I pretty much go to podcasts now whenever I check out new bands, because, like, since we started doing our podcast, dude, I get so many, like, you guys should listen to this band, you guys should listen to this band, you guys should listen to that band, and it's, like, really impossible to keep up with that, and, uh, so a lot of time I'm like, okay, well, you know, I might check it out, I might not, you know, (laughs) and, uh move on from there so like when i'm listening to his podcast and he introduces a new band like literally two of the bands that that he had on i just like one band i just bought their record i didn't make any communication with them whatsoever other than i just bought their record and then another band i asked him a bunch of questions because their record wasn't out within within like three days like they're like hey saw you have a podcast uh, can we? And like, yeah, yeah, dude, let's schedule it out. You know, like, but oh uh, wow, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, just crazy how this year's been. Because like, when we started off in we started off in like January, and like nobody, nobody was listening to our shit. You know, <laughs> like, oh dude, it, well it, it's it's hard, and people it does take a while. But man, once you get it, it's good. Right. It's been so. This has been tons of fun, but uh. With heart work, man. <laughs> Weird transition. Getting back on track. Now. I got <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my mind, my mind wanders. But uh, no, with heart work, man. Like songs like "No Love Lost," "Carnal Forge," mm-hmm. um, "Embodiments." I mean, those oh, songs I love are, embodiment. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just all killer songs. I can pronounce all the names of the songs. Um, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this record just slays. And like, you've got to think. In 1993, this record's come out, and you just listen to the whole thing, and you're thinking, holy shit. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, I'm never going to hear a record better than this. Well, dude, it, it like legitimately would, like, if that, if this, if Carcass Heartwork came out today, it would be one of the best records still. Oh, yeah. It'd be the same. So yeah, it's, same reaction. Yeah, like, it, it's such a good, long standing. And it doesn't sound dated at all to me. No, it still sounds modern, especially because, like, you know, like I was saying earlier about how it kind of spearheaded that, like, melodic Scandinavian metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, from that scene, you you know, you started off with stuff like Carnage and, like, God Macabre and, like, Entombed and that sort of stuff. And then that gave birth to stuff like In Flames and mm-hmm. Dark yep. Tranquility and At the Gates and, like, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, whenever metalcore was developing in the United States, you know, there, like, 
at some point, and I'm going to actually say it because it probably had a lot to do with Blood and Fire coming out um, when it did. It, you know, taking that kind of you know, overseas European metal influence. I mean, I know other bands were doing it, but Zeo was probably the first one that I heard that was doing that. And that, tur- you know, eventually that gave birth to your, like, you know, Kill Switch Engage, Azalea Dying, Unearthed kind of bands that were basically playing melodic death metal with hardcore breakdowns, mm. you know? <laughs> and yeah. Well, uh, dude, I mean, yeah, like Carcass and... I would say people probably took Carcass and Tombed and At the Gates, and that's pretty much metal core. You yeah, know? Oh, yeah. Um, we kind of tended on the more Carcassy side, and then you had bands like Darkest Hour and those type of that were doing more of the At the Gates, like punk kind of faster stuff. Um, but yeah, everybody was influenced by that stuff for sure. And I definitely I tied all that back to hard work. Um, it was the first time that you could have you could have your death metal and eat it too so to speak you know like you could you could start throwing death metal records up against classic yep. heavy metal albums like painkiller and you know you you've actually got something there and even the old school metal heads that may not be into the vocals are going to listen mm-hmm. to it and be like that's a sweet riff that's a sweet solo that's a, you know like all the all the ingredients were there so what the hell happened between 1993 <laughs> and 1996 know. with this band? <laughs> I really don't. I, I'm sure there was some like inner band struggles, probably obviously because didn't was that when was that when Amat left to go do Amat was very um, very scarce in Carcass. With as much as he's credited, I mean, he came on during Heartwork, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Amat actually played on Heartwork. I thought he. It sounds did. like him, but I, I've read in other places where they've said that like Steer actually re- did everything on Heartwork, and that Amat only contributed like one solo. Like he was there for the recording process, or no? I mean, he was there for the writing process, but, but he I didn't think, like actually record. Yeah, and I think he only okay. recorded like a few solos, like here and there. But, I mean, he wrote, helped write the songs. He toured with the band. So, I mean, he deserves all the credit mm-hmm. that he gets. Um, but I think I also remember reading something, and a lot of this stuff's out of old magazines, and I'm trying to remember the best I can because I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, Wikipedia says, you know. Um, so I, I remember reading that, like, Bill Steer basically just got really sick of metal. Which, I mean, I would imagine that the amount of success that they got at Hard Work was probably, like, mind-blowing in comparison yeah. to what they'd done before. So they probably toured on that fucker forever. Oh, I bet, dude. Absolutely. You know? You know, there there's nobody in the audience now that's like, play genital grinder, you know? So, like, it's all Hard Work <laughs> well, all the time. maybe one guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's all Hard Work all the time, and... I know that, like, they'd said that Bill Steer was just so sick of metal and that he was so tired of how much work it was to record a a Carcass album because one thing that we haven't talked about yet is that how much guitar layering there is on the Carcass records uh, Mm -hmm. all the way up through Heartwork. And, like, if Bill Steer legitimately did all of that by himself, that shit has got to be exhausting. Yeah, that's that's a job, dude. I know how much I mean we don't even we'd layer here in like maybe two or three guitars on a side but and that's like painstaking I couldn't imagine 
Yeah, I mean, like even on necrotism or even on si even on symphonies of sickness. There's so many guitars on there, and Heartwork has it a lot too. That whenever they did Swan Song, they were like, "Well, we're just gonna strip it down. <laughs> we're gonna do you know guitar on each side, lead solos. That's it." You know, and I remember them saying that they were trying to mix it like a Thin Lizzy record, which I'm like, yeah, that's really cool if you're not death metal, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really thin. <laughs> it is, and that's that's the word I would use to describe Swan, uh, swan Song, is really thin and very, mm -hmm. like, let's play rock and roll, but with Jeff Walker doing whatever it is he does over the <laughs> over the songs, and it's it's just, it sounds weird. Like, yeah, it, it, like, it really does. Like, I mean, I guess in a certain, like, if if I was up my own ass enough, I could say that, like, oh, well, it was experimentation and, you know, it was a critique of the death metal scene and that they wanted to bring things back to a point and show that, you know, whatever. Like, I can't even bring a good point out of it. Like, it's just, the songs are just, like, they just wrote, like, a bunch of rock songs and we're like, okay, Jeff, go ahead and... You know, you're going to be, you know, the only thing death metal about this release. And, like, there's, like, cowbell and shit all mm -hmm. <laughs> on this record. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know what to say about it. And there's, there's days that I like it, kind of. Like, like I'll hear it, like, I'll hear a song coming to my shuffle or whatever. And I'm like, all right, it's catchy, it's melodic, <laughs> but it's not fucking heart work, dude. Yeah, that's... <sighs> For that to be the the follow up <laughs> to, to hard work, it, I think that even makes it probably as bad as it is to me. Three years for that, you know. Yeah. After they'd recorded basically the best album ever, you know. <laughs> like, yep. You know. Yeah. There was no slow decline there because you know how you kind of see bands start to go downhill over the course of their career. Like they'll start off like they'll start off kind of bad. Like most bands, it's like you start off kind of bad you hit a certain peak which is going to be like your heart work but like you would have expected like two two albums to have come out in between heart work and swan song showing the band kind of devolve into that style especially at that point they were putting out an album every year yeah every one or two years and this is three years and you got to think two of that's touring on heart work it's not the worst thing i've ever heard it's weird, but well, it's not recomputer fashion. I mean, I, but yeah, I would take this over. That. <laughs> I would listen to this over that one. <laughs> but yeah, this is just a weird record, and I know like people were really divided on it. Obviously, I mean, your hardcore metal fans there, they fucking jump ship. Yeah, as soon as they heard the first song, you know, like mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, you know, like oh shit, I just wasted ten bucks. You know, or it's load and reload all over again. Shit, back then a record was like seventeen ninety nine. Who am I kidding? The dark ages. Oh, I used to do. That's what we. That's what we paid. I remember when I was buying cassette tapes and they were like thirteen ninety nine. Those things were garbage. Dude, even as late as like the two thousands. Dude, when I walked into a record store and bought Parade of Chaos for eighteen ninety five. Oh man, you should demand your ten bucks. I remember. I, I remember back. putting it in the. I remember putting it in the CD player, and I was like, damn. I thought like. This is going to be longer, uh, but uh, no, I, I remember it's that. Still, like, the record you listen to the most. I like, yeah, and you know what? That's a really weird to, to tie it into the whole Zeo thing because if you haven't noticed, I can pretty much tie any band we talk about back to your band in some way, shape, or form. 
Well, yeah, so Swan Song is kind of like Zayo's Parade of Chaos. I think so, a little bit. I mean, there, kind there, of. I the, wouldn't there are similarities, yeah. you know, because there there is like kind of this weird rock and roll thing going on on Parade of Chaos. And, um, you know, it's it, it's very similar in the fact that you've got like these, like look at a song like Killing Cupid is just kind of this weird, like, you know, um, out there, like, really spastic like weird drums like and it's it's a very um it's a very like almost kind of rock and roll beat but then you've got dan over it doing what he has always done (laughs) and it's like you're, you're just listening to all these different clashes of sound i told you we were influenced by carcass right (laughs) this is swan song baby yeah but uh, kind of was at that point. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> if I'm to believe the DVD. But no, they're very uh, similar, you know. Um, you know, at least as far as like the idea of it goes, they don't sound identical. But, um, but yeah, it's it is it is very similar in the sense that like, except for I I kind of feel like the band really believed in this. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, wasn't that? I, I think I, I thought I read somewhere that that. Swan Song was originally supposed to be their major label record because, mm-hmm. like, Eerie or what, what Heartwork came out, and then it did so well that like Columbia released it after it was out or something. And yeah, then this, yeah. then Swan Song was supposed to be their like Columbia Records debut, but that something happened with it. Yeah, well, I think at one point they even suggested to Jeff Walker to take singing lessons, which uh, be really interesting to hear what that would have sounded like. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's weird too. Maybe he actually has an amazing singing voice, and like they would have put this out with him singing over it, and it would have become like really big. Like we would have all still been pissed off because they were death metal before, but like that if he would have started singing over some of these songs, it almost sounded like it almost seems like that would have fit better <laughs> than what we got. And I have no issues with his vocals. I love the way Jeff Walker sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me um, too. It's kind of like you know, it, it's kind of he's just got this like pissed off like. It's almost like a weird continuation of like Dave Mustaine's Megadeth snarl, like that really sarcastic sounding, you know, but like taken to the next level, you know. Actually, I heard somebody was I maybe today when I was listening to uh, Heartwork, somebody somebody said in the YouTube comments how this is, it sounds like Dave Mustaine with uh, angrier and and like yeah. It was weird. It was really it's a lot more cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, like, this record is just so goofy, and like mm-hmm. this has rocked the vote on it. You, you, you need to rock the vote, Joe. I mean, Jesus, look at where we're at. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just weird. Like, and it's weird because I actually enjoy some of the lyrics on Swan Song because they're a lot more straightforward than they were on the previous records but i just can't get behind the songs a lot of the time yeah and then that was it for carcass really i mean they it's if my understanding is they weren't even a band anymore when this came out yeah i think that's you're right they'd hung up their hats and they're like okay it's swan song it's our last record the end good night everybody go fuck themselves we're out you know and uh it doesn't really stand up now and it's weird too because this record actually spawned an entire genre of music for a little while called death and roll Ugh. Yeah. I, I don't even like the sound of that. Well, it's stupid. Anytime somebody just comes <laughs> up with some, like, arbitrary, you know, like, hey, this band did something different once, so it's a genre now. You know, like, that's kind of dumb. But, uh-huh. but yeah, like, the Swan Song was just, like, 
I don't know, like, it's almost like Rika Putrefaction. I feel like there are a lot of people, because there's two types of people, right, when you buy a record. You're either the kind of person that buys a record and you're like, I really don't like this, I really wish I hadn't spent my money on it, and then you, like, move on with your life. And then there's people that listen to it, they don't like it initially, but as they continue to listen to it, there's a certain amount of purchase justification that kicks in, and everything that they're hearing and experiencing becomes okay. You know, like, I'm, I'm actually really into this. You know, mm-hmm. um, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of records that really grew on me over time, and I sometimes wonder if it's that, but if it's some kind of purchase justification. But um, in this case, I just couldn't ever really find myself like going to Swan Song as like, I want to listen to Carcass today. Well, I'm going to listen to either Heartwork or Necrotism. Yep, and that's it. Until 2013. Yeah, yeah, and then then we actually have a return to form, don't we? Absolutely. Um, I'm very satisfied that Surgical Steel is labeled as a thrash record on all the major <laughs> yeah. streaming yeah. platforms. That's not far off the mark, um, especially these days. I mean, thrash is thrash has really come back. Um, yeah, it has, dude. That's for sure. And I'm all about it. Um, I mean, I love death metal. It's still kind of like my prime go-to. But uh, you know, just hearing a lot of the cool thrash bands that are out now has been really kind of an experience, and seeing like a lot of the old thrash bands come back. Um, we just did an entire episode on Thrash. <laughs> it would have been a couple weeks by okay, now. My bad. We I'm, did talk to Rob Rivera. Yeah, Rob Rivera from Nonpoint, and that dude knows way fucking more about Thrash metal than I do. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, <laughs> it's he. He like we got like we got to the end of that episode, and him and I were having like a verbal pissing match of like who can throw out a more obscure Thrash band <laughs> and and stump the other one. But uh, <laughs> did he, he know Zayo? I didn't throw Zayo out because I don't consider Zayo a thrash man. But oh, um, we try to do some thrash here and there. Yeah. What's does he? Is he into like the new bands that are trying to do that, like uh, Power Trip and stuff? Like he talked about some of that stuff. Um, his whole thing. We talked a lot about old thrash on that episode, but um, he's definitely a guy that like is a treasure trove of. And I I know he's, like, aware of a lot of the newer thrash bands that are out. Um, We actually had a little bit of a resurgence in St. Louis. We had a bunch of local thrash bands for a while. Oh, wow. And then that's crazy because we're not, you know, we're not really known for our metal here. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, And I think if I was paying enough attention, I think a lot of the old punk bands that we used to play with in this area, like, 15 years ago... Like they have like gotten older and become like the thrash bands, <laughs> okay, <Makes laughs> which is sense. you know the natural order of things, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, Surgical Steel, um, a huge nod to British Steel by Judas Priest, um, I think really captures what Carcass was all about back in 1993. You know, um, I think this was their like, hey, we're back. And we have to prove that we are still, you know, because you can't, you can't come back in 2013 and be like, all right, guys, here's a swan song again. We're still not totally into metal anymore, but we're back because money, 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 you know? Well, do we have a complete return, all original members or? I think it was just the three original dudes, wasn't it? Well, I think the drummer's different. Um, You know, I mean, Jeff Walker and Bill Steer, I mean, if you don't have them, you don't have Carcass. Yeah, um, but well, who, uh, so who was the drummer? Dan Wilding was the drummer on Surgical Steel. Okay, and I'm trying to remember the old drummer's name. Wasn't like 
Ken oh, Owen. Isn't, isn't the Ken drummer Owen. Like Ken something? Yeah, Ken Owen. That's it. Okay, cool. Yep. And he actually had some kind of like problem. Like I think, I think he was originally gonna be on the new stuff, but had like had some kind of accident or something. Like he was physically unable to do it, um, which is really sad, you know. <laughs> like, um, you know, you, you want to be the guy that continues on with the legacy that you kind of helped create, but um, sometimes shit goes south, you know. <laughs> That's. But this record's yeah. interesting too, from a modern perspective, in that like. I don't think it's all that different than like a lot of the melodic death metal that's out now, but it still has that carcass feeling. Like it's, it it has that legitimacy to it, to where you know you're not listening to some shit that's just like derivative of other bands, you know, that have come out at that time. Like they they didn't fall victim to being influenced by what they influenced. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, that's totally yeah, because that's always always on the minds of bands that do that kind of stuff for sure yeah and they've been they've been touring on this record for for a while i know um a friend of ours joshua toomey on his podcast had uh mm-hmm. he had jeff walker on i guess it was it's either in 2015 or 2016 and uh he was okay. asking him like what are you guys planning on doing you know after surgical steel and jeff was just like well i don't know um this record's doing so well i kind of don't want to abandon it yet you know that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's really cool to hear and uh you know i've heard it back and forth i mean sometimes in interviews he'll say well surgical steel was just a one-time thing but we don't know if we're going to do anything else after that and then like two days later it's like bill steer says working on new ideas with jeff walker you know <laughs> and you're like oh, okay one of those it'll happen when it happens yeah. and i'm not a tabloid man so it's not like i really like take too much stock sometimes in what bands say um because they're they're telling the truth whatever the truth is at that moment (laughs) and uh things change so quickly you know you think you're on top of the world and then you come to band practice one day and like two of the guys are like yeah we're quitting (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i've dealt with i've dealt with that way too many times and like it's just not cool um but yeah, I think I think uh, I think I'm really interested after hearing Surgical Steel because this is this sounds more like almost like a mix of necrotism and heartwork. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, where it's like they they definitely make sure to spend enough time on the like balls out like death metal fury that they had back on necrotism, but there's so much like there's so much solo work and so much more of that like emotional approach to everything that you it definitely has that sheen but it's not like i don't think it's as good as heartwork and i don't know if that's possible mm-hmm. um it definitely is a record that i'm going to go to whenever i want to hear that era of carcass because before i only had two records that i really loved and now i've got three um which is really cool to have and i i, I just hope that they that they pull something out of their ass you know um because it's been five years now yeah yeah that's like good time for some new stuff but like you said i'm i'm really happy with that one so i'm glad they're kind of like i didn't realize they were going to keep playing it out that's great so yeah. is that secretly your final thoughts dan yeah i guess so i mean I, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to talk about a band like carcass because like you have so many highs and lows you know you've got moments of like absolute greatness mixed with this like garbage can shit Mm -hmm. and it's like really hard for me to like 
to, to really make the connection that this is the same band. The same guys that wrote Carnal Forge are the same guys that wrote Genital Grinder. I mean, just like really let that sink in, you know, like. <laughs> and then to turn around and be like, yeah, well, this this song's called Keep On Rotting in the Free World. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 we're just kidding. Just wait like two decades and we'll be back to doing yep. that again. <laughs> Do you got final thoughts, Joe? I think Carcass is a band that I love to listen to as long as I don't have to listen to the first two albums. That's but a they pretty are good. Very much the definition of death metal, or what a lot of people would think death metal is. It's nice to get a new record 20 years later that reminds us of how we discovered them in the first place. I think you guys both summed it up well, but yeah, I agree. I mean, Heartwork was like a completely pivotal record for me. Um, I. I personally know how hard it is to just write songs so when you write ones as good as that i mean it's i just i guess you just kind of have to not think about it and just keep writing and having fun for yourself so it's nice to see a, a record like surgical still come out so long after heartwork and and still make me feel as good as some of that those songs do but heartwork is legitimately just such a legendary record that I don't think they'll ever really top it, but I don't think they have to top it. I don't think it matters. I think, you you know, just like I don't think Metallica is ever going to top Master of Puppets either, you know, but... I don't know, man. Hardwire was pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, not better, guess. but it's pretty damn good. Now, how is Zayo going to top the well-intentioned virus? <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to... To some people, we haven't even topped Blood and Fire, so who cares? <laughs> oh, whatever, man. Liberate was like 10 times the record that Blood and Fire was. But that's just like my correct opinion, man. Um, I know, dude. I wonder, I do wonder if like people like that, because like for me, I feel like I was talking to Russ about this the other day. Like, I don't think we have ridden that good of a record yet. Like, I think Well Intentioned Virus is the first one outside of the fear that I'm like super proud of that I can listen to but I still feel like oh the, the good one's still coming <laughs> you know what I mean so like I don't know if like a guy like Bill Steer or like Walker if those dudes are like oh yeah you know people think think heart works so good we'll just wait till we do this thing I don't know how the you know right. like for me I just don't think we've written like a complete record until now I think I'm hoping that we'll eventually get that complete record but I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, you know, like, Well-Intentioned had kind of the same... It kind of hit me the same way that, that uh, Surgical Steel did, in a sense, because, like, I thought Awake was cool, um, especially when I got it. You know, I mean, I ordered the T-shirt and the CD and everything, and, you know, I was all about mm -hmm. it. But then to hear something like Well-Intentioned come out, I mean, yeah, it was a long time after, but, like... I mean, there's something magical, man, about getting the getting the record, you know, on vinyl, you know, which is the first Zayo record I had on vinyl, and um, you know, being able to sit down and read the lyrics, you know, along because that's I do that. I'll sit there and listen I'll to do, the record. I do it too. I'm the yeah. same way. And just kind of just kind of get behind it, you know, because um, I've never I've never read any of Dan's lyrics and been like, what the hell is he going on about here, you know? Um, <laughs> there's always good. yeah, there's always so much deep like just a lot of shit and like some of it i have to wrestle with like i have to sit down and like really think about it because with zeo at this point i don't really like try to figure out necessarily what the songs are about 
um, because I know it's usually something really personal that, like, unless I have inside information, I'm not going to, like, really know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easier for me just to kind of wrestle with the concepts and and kind of kind of shoot them around in my head, like, you know, how how does this idea make me feel, and you know, how do how do I relate this to what's what's going on with me? And sometimes it's hit, sometimes it's miss, but you know, um, but that that's what I really enjoy about it um, is just that. And I and I felt the same way about the new EP. Um, it had a very it it had a very strong like well intentioned vibe because I know that like. I know those weren't new songs. I mean, they were essentially like, and I mean this in like a respectful way, but like leftovers mm-hmm. from the I, yeah. from Well Intention. The host that bared its teeth was supposed to be on Well Intention Virus, and for some reason, time constraints, we just decided to leave it off. But that was totally that one, and um, what was the other one? There were two off of that EP that we really wanted to get on the record, but it just didn't fit. So, gotcha. like literally, that EP is just—it's an extension of the record to us, kind yeah. of. No, it's definitely cool. I mean, I've I've listened to them to like together, um, and uh, I actually made a Spotify playlist where I just inserted those songs um, into <laughs> Well Intention, and uh, nice. that, that was kind of cool because you know a little bit longer of a burn. Um, because I like, I like a solid hour of music, but that's like, I think in bands that I've been in, I think, how long was our album, Joe? Like 32 minutes? Like, <laughs> you know, it's hard to put that much shit out and it actually be good without you just throwing shit in there just to, mm-hmm. just to have it there, you know? And, uh, but no, I mean, I, I definitely felt like Well Intention was, was totally like, like that big album. I mean, I feel... You know, and I and I know your your guys' feelings on Funeral God and everything, but I mean, even that record was like, kind of one of those like, okay, they're still around. They're a little bit more commercial than I'd like them to be, and it's so funny <laughs> because like, on un- well, well intentioned was like literally the polar opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna go back to you know, like we're gonna go back to like doing what we were doing before. But without all the like clean, you know, like yeah, smooth, perfect over. stuff. Yeah, because mm. I remember reading a lot of the reviews for the EP and them being like, "Oh, the production quality, blah blah blah." And I'm sitting here listening. I'm I'm sitting here listening to this on this vinyl record. And I'm like, this sounds fucking great. Like, <laughs> I can't, uh, you know, like because to me, bad production, it's got to sound like reek of putrefaction. Yeah, for me, that's to, bad to me too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like it's got to it's got to sound that bad for me to start being like, well. You know they could they should have spent more time and money on a you know <laughs> on a better studio or whatever and it's like eh, you know this, metal records are supposed to sound dirty. Yeah, I don't want like a, I like when it kind of I want everything to be heard, but I like how it all like kind of gets kind of smashed together because mm-hmm. like to me like well even like if you listen to heart work like the drums and the bass and the guitar together make the heavy hits it's not like i don't want to if i hear everything perfectly separate like it's not going to hit as hard to me but whatever right well it's the same reason like when you guys play the rising end live it's it hits a hundred times harder than it does on the record yep you know just because it's like so punch you know like just punch you in the face heavy and that's probably how it was originally written and then you go into you go into Magic Clean Studios or whatever, and it's like, okay, plug directly into here. You know, like so, there's something lost in that translation. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need to have a little bit of that dirt all through everything in order for it to really hit good to me. So absolutely, 
I didn't know the Split EP got remastered last year. Oh, yeah. Did I not tell you about that? No, you didn't. The Split without... Well, that's that's old, Zayo. I know, but um, I got a purchase to make. The record label that... Well, I don't think you can... Per- I think you can only purchase those digitally, right? Like, like the... The what was it? It wasn't Takehold Records. It was Steadfast. Oh yeah, Steadfast yeah. re-released those, um, which that really came out of nowhere. But what I hate about it is that it shows up. It shows up as if those were the newest Zayo releases. Yeah, it's and they're not. Yeah, <laughs> quite the opposite. Um, oh, actually, I just listened to. Dude, I are found. You, are you ready to go to bed? <laughs> I'm getting tired, man. I'm sorry. Oh, I, dude, I'm I'm with you. It's cool. It's cool. I I'm I'm right there with you. But yeah, about that about that Zayo podcast, you guys should definitely do that. I, I think I posted on your uh, on your Facebook the other day. I was like, you know what we really need is just like an official Zayo, like the official podcast for Zayo. You know, like a like like a podcast that you can go to and you know that you're getting like the actual info. You know what I mean? Like the actual mm-hmm. story um, behind the band because like there's so much. There's still so much misinformation out there. Like, I mean, even we did it, you know, when we did our first one, our first mm-hmm. episode, because we we didn't really, we didn't know because we wouldn't have had, you know, the opportunity to to know the, you know, we, we it was all hearsay, and so like the idea of like an official Zayo podcast, we're like, you know, I know you guys are busy, so it's like coming on and doing that weekly is probably not on the table, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, we just, dude, I love podcasts and we have so much fun when we're together talking. So it's like if we could record our van like talks when we're like out, yeah. one, we'd probably all be in jail, but two, hey, yeah, yeah. it would just be funny. So, like, and it's fun. You can, you'd like see like how, like, re- I think really the biggest thing to me is just like how close of friends all of us are. Like, Bands always are. I mean, they, they have to be because you're kind of forced together to kind of live with these people. But genuinely, like every time we go out, dude, we all love hanging out with each other. That's cool. And later in life, that gets harder and harder to do. You know, like mm-hmm. I yeah, joke it's around. Like being doing Zayo is kind of like our excuse to get to hang out with each other. <laughs> well, that's like that's with me and Joe in the podcast. You know, it's like, yeah, it's this thing I can throw out like is this legitimate thing that we do even though it's really just us wanting to hang out, you know, like, and, uh, we get that's to talk to all the bands are, yeah, we get to talk to a lot of cool people on the way. And I think that's what we need to do next time. If we, uh, if we, uh, do something Zayo related on our, um, future episodes, we bring, uh, we have to bring some of the other guys on and, uh, Oh dude. Yeah. That, that'd be so much fun. Well, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to ask Dan to come on to do one, but I know he doesn't do a lot of podcasts. Um, and, He's been on two, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Well, three now no, with, that, with that tooth Dan, and nail one. But he just—he has like a, him and his wife bought a new place, so I think he's a little bit—he has a little easier time doing things at night because the house is a little bigger and he can find places to go. So gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I be, keep, yeah, it should be able to be worked out for sure. Yeah, I just have to figure out what band to talk to him about. Well, um, he would be incredible. Him or Jeff would be great to do the great, a Grateful Dead one. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but it, but the, it would be like made, and you'd be on for like a month with right. all their records. Uh, what else does Dan? I mean, but yeah, Dan's, be cool. I mean, well, and I thought Dan about Carcass, but I was like, I kind of feel like that's like you only know one thing about a person, and then you're like, hey, let's go talk about that one thing. You know, like mm-hmm. I think a lot. Like I, I think a lot now. Um, who do I want to actually talk to for you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> two hours, three hours, or whatever, but mm-hmm. it not be just like this weird, um, you know, I, I don't know, like like this weird, like, uh, tell me about, you know, like, so I don't, I don't want to just pull somebody on to talk about some superficial thing, yeah, you know, or, or some connection I think that a person has to something that they don't actually have, or, <laughs> you know, so that's Dan's just, a, dude, you got Dan's a big butthole surfers fan too. That would be cool. Butthole surfers. Who else does he like? I mean, he dude, he likes so much stuff. Clutch. clutch guys, have yeah. you guys done a clutch? We have yet? not done clutch. Not yet. Oh, but dude, clutch definitely would be on a, the list. Be awesome. Yeah, really cool. But yeah, that's uh, that's something we can try to work out at some other time. But yeah, um, but yeah, and Jeff definitely. I gotta. Um, I feel like that's gonna turn into a Rob Rivera situation because I feel like he knows way more than. Oh, Jeff, yeah, he knows <laughs> so much crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a big. He's a big thrash dude. He like, he was telling me he's trying to like work out possibly doing like, uh, like drums in Broadway. Oh, nice. Of. And um, he found out that one of the drummer that he would be uh, if he got it, he would understudy was in this like. What was that band called? Defiance. It was like, yeah, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. We have a weird obsession with drummers on this show too. We always call drummers up first, almost. I think you were. I think you were the first guitarist we called. Like it was just... awesome. Yeah, drummers are cool, man. They are. Well, and Joe's a drummer, and he does all the work, so I think he has a little bit of a <laughs> a little I'm, bit. Of I'm the drummer there. and the guitarist, dude. Nice. <laughs> There you go. Recording engineer, mixer. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you so much, man, for coming on and, and doing this with us again. That was so much fun. Oh, dude, I love, yeah. It's, it's a pleasure for me to be able to talk to people, especially about Carcass. <laughs> right. Well, next time next time we call you up to do this, it's going to be Morbid Angels. So okay. prepare yourself for that. <laughs> Actually, dude, have you listened to that new Morbid Angel? I haven't gotten through it yet because oh, I've go got list, like, Don't listen to anybody. Just go listen to it. It's super, super good. Everybody, some people are shitting all over it. I, I thought it was awesome. All I right. was so happy. I'll definitely check it out. All right, gents. All Off right, man. Bed I go. Yep. Get some sleep, man. We'll talk to you later. You guys too. All, all right. right. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you. Bye. Bye bye. And on that note, this has been episode 48 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Huge thank you, Scott Mellinger, for doing this again. You can find Zayo online at Facebook and Twitter. And I don't know what to say there. It's all good. The preacher's dead.